Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Well, hi. How are you, Elizabeth? Well, let me introduce the the film first. <laughs> and uh, okay, only the, <laughs> thanks. Only the lonely follows the story of three teenagers that live in a small desert st- town in Southern California, a town dominated by foreclosed homes and underpasses, unfilled swimming pools and skate parks. These kids must find. Things to do in a place that offers virtually nothing for them to do. Yet, in the course of observing their day-to-day lives, we see their, them discover friendship, first love, heartbreak, and what it means to be young. Only the young. Uh, the film co-directors, uh, Jason Tibbet and Elizabeth uh, Mims, uh, really pulled together a delicate and ethereal film about the innocence and of, of youth and the essence of adolescence. Elizabeth Mim joins us today on Film School. Elizabeth, welcome to film school. Hi, this is my time. Hello, how are you? <laughs> how are you today? Doing pretty well. Happy New Year. To you as well, yeah. Yeah. Where where am I reaching you? Where are you where where you where are you right I'm now? actually in Austin, Texas right now where I grew up. I'm back here working on a couple things, so Fantastic. How's the weather? It is pretty cold, surprisingly, for Texas. I think it only got cold like a couple days ago, so, so is, is, <laughs> finally the, it feels like winter. Okay, so what's the t- is the temperature range sort of Southern California-like, where it gets into the low, mid, maybe high 30s, and and then how how cold does it get in Austin, I guess? It does. It gets pretty cold. I mean, I'm in Central Texas, so it mm-hmm. gets to about eh, around 30s, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Up in, like, the panhandle of Texas, it snows. I've never seen really snow very much in my life, so it's really pretty mild. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen uh, anything that snow in texas i don't think i've ever seen a picture of snow in texas i'm sure sure they do get it but well welcome to film school i'm so so happy to have you on i want to just tell you how much i enjoyed this film it's such a um a wonderfully paced film in terms of the introduction of the kids uh, allowing them to speak for themselves to get to know them uh and they're such there's such a wonderful interaction with these three kids that um, there's sort of a, a little bit of a triangle going on amongst them, and we're not going to not going to spoil anything for for our for our uh, viewers um, or listeners, and uh, hopefully viewers uh, to see only the only the young. But uh, it's just a wonderful dynamic. And so, tell me a little bit about uh, first of all your relationship uh, that you developed with Jason Tibbet, the co-director. Uh, mm-hmm. of only the young, uh, how that came about. And then from there, at what point did you say, hey, let's make a documentary and, and let's just start there? Yeah, sure. No, um, I mean, so basically we both attended CalArts and very early on, um, you know, we had one of those basic classes where it was like, everyone show their work and, you know, let's see what kind of styles people have. And, you know, Jason and I both really respected each other's um work because they really like these like very simple stories that are mostly about friendship mm-hmm. or um you know just everyday problems that people have and we realized that this is something we kind of wanted to try to do so actually initially we made a short film that's very similar to the style that we chose for only the young called Thompson mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And that was like 10 minutes long. We, we shot that also in Santa Clarita where only the young is, um, takes place as well. And it was one of those things where we got really lucky with that film and like kind of developed a style for documentary that we really enjoyed. Um, and ended up, that film ended up going on, uh, to play at Sundance and South by Southwest that won the Grand Jury Award. And we got a lot of, I mean, that helped us out, you know, so much. And we met our producer, Derek Waters at Sundance. And <laughs> from there, it was kind of like, well, like we finished up film school and, you know, both of our parents fortunately are so supportive. We just decided once we were done, we we're like, well, it's just, you know, we should really try to make make a feature because we just love documentary so much and uh mm-hmm. so we literally just got a like a 7d and um and an imac and some sound equipment and was like okay well all we have is our time <laughs> so <laughs> uh we yeah so we we basically like in santa clarita Jason grew up skateboarding okay. and he had originally wanted to make a narrative about this kind of, you know, boys' skateboarding culture um, growing up, you know, being teenagers. And uh, we were going to go check out the new skate park that they were just renovating. And it was like one of those things that just fell into our lap where uh, Garrison and Kevin, the two main guys in our film, like came up to us asking if we had lost keys to a Jaguar, which we looked like kind of homeless. And I was, like, really surprised. <laughs> we were like, no, I'm sorry, but these are great kids. Like, kids that, our, or kids that I grew up with would have, like, thrown those keys so far over the fence or, like, you know, found it in the parking lot. I don't know. Anyway, so it was, like, we were also, like, very impressed with them immediately. And yeah, it just kind of, like, really just fell into our laps. Well, they're, they're just, as you said, they're just great kids. I mean, it's so easy to kind of get caught up in a lot of negative stereotypes about kids growing up today, sort of the, you can come up with all kinds of different examples mm-hmm. and why things are going badly and why kids are so messed up. But these are just very self-possessed kids. They are very, uh, you know, the, the awkwardness of, of their age, you know, certainly comes through in the film, just sort of finding their way, really, not anything right. more or than that. But yet, both of them are very intelligent. I mean, very, uh, you know, both of them are. I'm mm-hmm. particularly taken with uh, G- Garrison. He's really very quiet, but seems to be a very intelligent kid. And then mm-hmm. uh, then there's Sky, who who's coming out of some very difficult circumstances, but seems to really be able to see the world in front of her in a yeah. very, pretty well. And uh, so how did Sky come into the picture how well, Sky was really, so I mean, that was one of those things I think any filmmaker, you know, you start off with a project and you kind of want to act like you know where it's going, mm-hmm. but you really don't, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where Sky came into the picture and we knew uh, that we had a feature film because she created this dynamic where, you know, she would agitate the boys just enough to make them, you know... Uh, maybe say things that they usually wouldn't or just to bring up this entire different side of like the relationships. Yeah. And we realized we were also seeing a love story unfold. Um, so as once we realized that, I was like, Oh, well we, you know, between these two guys, like there's, there's a relationship and then there's also this romantic side of things. And so for that reason, we really felt like, you know, we wanted to film for, you know, we ended up filming with them for, you know, a year and a half, and so we were like, well, we just, 
you know, I really want to see where this goes. Did what? So, Sky was in a relationship, and I'm not going to say with with one of the boys prior mm-hmm. to your to to the you beginning the film. Is that what I'm, right. what I'm hearing? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So yeah, and again, I mean, uh, I I just I do want to say that Sky inter- we're introduced to Sky with a with her talking into the camera saying my mom's dead and my dad's in prison okay so yeah. i just want our audience to know you know and and that's kind of the circumstances that she's coming from and yet mm-hmm. again no stereotypes here nothing stereotypical about her her or her, or the way that she behaves she's very intelligent young woman who really kind of <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the in the film, and again, mm-hmm. I'm sort of getting away from what I was going to do, but and that is <laughs> and that is when when they're talking about the the house that they're they've sort of set up their skateboard park, and um, yeah, and she says something. One of them says, "Well, we have everything locked in the cabinets," and she says, "And to keep the rats from getting to the food," and and she says, "Well, the, the rats are smarter than you guys are." I just love that. I, I love. I love the fact that she's able, and this, and the the, the interaction between these kids is so natural. Again, yeah. a, with a camera being there, you would off, oftentimes, and I, I'm I'm sure you've probably seen it in your in your mm-hmm. own um, movie making. It will change behaviors in in a way that mm-hmm. feels forced, but not at all with these kids. And that's what's just so amazing about about this film. Um, what, yeah. Well, what was it about you and Jason? Uh, besides the fact that these kids are very intelligent and, and the rest of it, how were you able to kind of put them into that place? Uh, or did you need to put them into a place where they felt totally at ease? I think, like, when we find our subjects in general, uh, we really look for people who are, like, I mean, part of the thing about the first day we met them yeah. was that when they were in front of us, like, Kevin and Garrison started arguing with each other like, while we were standing there. <laughs> and so we kind of, you know, it's just, like, it's just so real. We're, like, uh, I think, I think too, because we're kind of close enough in age. Mm. Like, we're just not that much older than these kids. And so we kind of made it more fun. And, and also, in that way, you know, kind of knew really who they were. Yeah. So I think, like, in terms of being around us, because it wasn't ever, like, oh, we're going to have, like, three different production people here. It mm-hmm. was always just me and Jason. Okay. So I think that they, you know, they were able to see, you know, see us enough interact and, um, okay. you know, yeah. So Well, you did a wonderful, both you and Jason did a wonderful job of being able to, to get these, I'd say performances is not the right word, but to get this mm-hmm. sort of natural reactions from these different circumstances. By the way, we're speaking with Elizabeth Mims. She's the co-director, along with Jason Tibbet, of the film Only the Young. It opens uh, today in Los Angeles. This is uh, January 4th, 2013, at the Independent Film in... I keep doing this. Downtown Independent Theater, mm-hmm. uh, which is right off of 4th Street um, in... Los, downtown Los Angeles, terrific theater. I don't know if you've been there, Elizabeth, but it's a, just a great, 
yeah, I have. I'm I'm blown away. It's flying there. It's amazing. Isn't it nice? And yeah, uh, I mean, it's just sort of a you know some part. It's that that part of Los Angeles is in the midst of sort of a renaissance of of sorts, and uh, mm-hmm. it's but even within that own that block that it's on, it it kind of stands out as is it's striking in in its appearance. Oh yeah, and it's just uh and the people there are just terrific. They really are into uh, the films that they're showing, so it's a great place for it to be. Um, mm-hmm. Now, now again. So you, you and Jason got to know each other at CalArts, uh, which, mm-hmm. which is out. At, is that Saugus or is it uh, Valencia? Yeah, Valencia. It's Valencia, yeah. Yeah. Santa Clarita, Santa Clarita, Santa Fe, Maria. Yeah. Now, what in terms of sort of? Well, I want to talk a little bit about the. Well, in terms of this relationship you developed in this rapport, he, uh, Jason, handled what, what chore, what mm-hmm. uh, aspects, and what did you take care of it in? in yeah. So um, before we started, you know, like with Thompson, the short I talked about before, we kind of decided on a style, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, we wanted everything to be on tripod and completely locked off and have as little movement as possible. Mm-hmm. As for us, in terms of documentary, it's like very distracting. I think for the subjects as well as the audience, if there's a lot of crazy camera movement. Um, uh-huh. So this enabled this allowed us to be able to kind of step away from the camera. So Jason operated uh, and was a cinematographer for the entire film, um, and it, which worked out beautifully. He, you know, we just used like really nice ice prime lenses, and he's he grew up in that area, and I feel like he it was really natural for him to like photograph it in this way. Yeah, um, that, which that- was. Awesome. Yeah, there's an that's an area where it, it's out. It's essentially the desert. It gets a lot of bright light, and yet this film, it's such a natural look that doesn't look like it looks like it yeah. actually is, but it is, and it captures that sort of semi-desert feel to it. But uh, mm-hmm. but some beautiful shots, uh, mm-hmm. particularly the. Uh, the opening with them in skateboarding in the in the uh, oh in the yeah pipe. in the tunnel tunnel it's just beautifully shot. So now again, what did you what camera did you use? We used the 7D, um, so okay. yeah, just the Canon 7D, yeah. and then uh, and then I did all the sound for it. And for that, we just used a 416 microphone and a sound devices 702T. So okay, and then editing. How did you work on that? Yeah, we actually both edited. So it was it was really exciting because actually that process was probably. I mean, we loved shooting, but. By the end of the day, Jason and I would sit down and go through all the footage, and we kind of knew, you know, I feel like after shooting for a day, you kind of know those moments that you felt really excited about, so we didn't waste any time in terms of going back and trying to find pieces of things. We mm-hmm. kind of, like, find the mo- something that had weight to it for us and, like, cut around that, so we'd have basically, like, you know, each day have kind of that. So, daily stuff. so did you have sort of an ongoing rough cut as you as you went mm-hmm. through the filmmaking itself? So so by the time you got to the end, you had pared it down quite a bit. It sounds like. Yeah, because it would have been. I'm I'm really impressed by people who can shoot and shoot and you know just look at it all at the end. But for us, I mean, we kind of realized that mm-hmm. as we're kind of molding and like telling the story, that there are certain things we need to ask more questions about. You know, um, and that kind of allowed us. I think because it does feel a little bit like a narrative um, to ask things and clarify things and just, you know, kind of build it around, like, hopefully what's in the moment, you know, most important to these kids rather than trying to find it later. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that really, that really was helpful in general in terms of seeing it, what was working and what wasn't, because by the time we had like a 30-minute cut, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of could see the flaws in it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you shot, you said, for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of in terms of sort of the and, and in that in that time frame, you're able to really capture uh, an arc of a story, and not just sort of a snapshot of these kids' lives. It could have been different, you know, a three or four mm-hmm. month shoot. You would have, in in essence, it would have been a snapshot. With a year and a half, you're able to see a real progression in terms of relationships and life circumstances changing for these characters, for these people, right. I should say. Um, so that really, you really benefit. Was it difficult to, to be able to sustain a year and a half shooting schedule with your own life and with Jason's life? (laughs) Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was one of those things where you don't, uh, the one thing we knew was like, we, we wanted to eventually get jobs and try to make money and, (laughs) and exist after film school. And, uh, I think, we got really fortunate, like, um, Jason and I both, like, he was kind of doing random freelance, and I was working at a restaurant that was really flexible with me, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a a struggle, and any event, it was like, we wanted to be with these kids rather than, or holiday, or whatever, you know, uh, so it really does completely, I feel like, change your life. And it, okay. it, it becomes a you know obsession almost. Well, um, yeah. well was it? But, what was the break? What where, where did you feel like you? And I don't want to again. I don't want to get into the particulars of the film so much. But did you both agree that this was the time to sort of break off what you were doing? Yeah, you know, um, in terms of which I think graduation and yeah. which won't give too much away is yeah. just like you know, yeah. it's kind of a nice. We, we actually ended our short with graduation as well, okay. and we felt like this was enough of a milestone where we could kind of wrap things up for what they were. And um, and I think, too, you could tell, like, we wanted to, we only wanted to film when the kids were really excited and, you know, and it was something that was enjoyable for them. And I think in general, in terms of their life, we need to, it was like, okay, well, you know, this this is going to come to a close, and um, and by having a few of the moments, like I said, with us editing as we're going, we're yeah. like, okay, I think we have it here. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how we would have ever figured that out otherwise. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I, I think you. Yeah. I think I think just what you said that that the graduation is a natural break for for uh, for in our lives. Period. Forget a film mm-hmm. project, but it's just such a it's such a marker in our in our in our lives generally that it yeah it was a good spot for for you those for the for this as well yeah. um uh and again now over the time of you're you're with them sky kevin and and uh, garrison for a year and a half mm-hmm. did you feel over this time, period of time developing you must have developed a real friendship with these kids over this period of time I mean, you were in their lives a lot uh well yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that it was, you know, like, we had shared some crazy experiences, like, uh, and that's the other reason that we were, they were able to be so comfortable with us, is, like, we had been, like, chased by bees, like, <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff had happened, uh-huh. and, you know, like, the kids even now, like, we have such a relationship with them, um, 
like, I mean, probably, like, two months ago, Kevin would have, or well, and still will, call and be like, my car is dead, like, I wasn't supposed to be out, like, can you guys come dump my car at, like, <laughs> six in the morning, like, okay. Oh, that's uh, so it's kind of hard to figure out where that line is drawn, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, it's like we've, we've spent a massive amount of time together, so... Oh. Well, tell, um, well, tell me, so, uh, tell me, because going, let's go b- step back a little bit here in terms of mm-hmm. the film, the financing the film. I, it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is kind of a, a tarnation sort of uh, budget here, mm-hmm. uh, where you, you did it on your iMac, right? I assume you edited it on, on, on probably on Final Cut or something like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you didn't spend, I assume, other than your personal uh, expenses, th- didn't, wasn't a whole lot of money in terms of production is that fair to say no yeah we i mean during production derek our producer he helped us buy a hard drive which is like the biggest thing is like hard drive space once we had the equipment um and then but which (laughs) i wish i would have we would have known better we used music that i think works really well but unfortunately has cost us a lot in terms of post-production yeah yeah so, I mean, and it's all worked out, but it was like, you know, our budget, our budget basically, you know, quadrupled just because of the the music we decided to use. But, uh, you know, in the end, it was worth it. And we also, fortunately, you know, we're working with a small enough label where yeah. they were reasonable with us as children. So Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, jaw- I hear that from a number of filmmakers that, it's jaw-dropping sometimes when you get the numbers back on what it's going to cost for the song you have to have in your film. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh. and it, yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking, actually, I'm sure, for you when you, yeah. when you realize it. Um, we're speaking with Elizabeth Mims. The film is called Only the Young. Uh, it opens today, January 4th, uh, 2013, at the in, <laughs> did it again, Downtown Independent Film theater. I keep doing that. I can't. I can't get it out of my head. I'm sorry, but it opens. No. And then, uh, and just tell me, tell me a little bit about how it's going to, uh, how people can see this if they can't get to uh, the, to the downtown yeah. independent. Um. So it's actually, if you want to check the Soulscope website, mm-hmm. um, it's got a listing. It's playing at a bunch of independent theaters, kind of all over. And then there's also um, Tug, which is you know, a service where you can go and request that the film comes to your city, which would be great. Um, okay. And we're, oh, yeah. we're, you know, working with them. And then also, pretty soon, uh, it'll be available uh, through a telescope um, on DVD and streaming, I believe. So I think not too much longer till that kind of happens. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Th- thank you for bringing up. Is it's it's Tug, right? Is what you said. Yeah, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. great. I'm, and I'm going to have someone on from Tug. I'm, I'm planning on getting them on to talk about this. Is a it's a service that essentially will help build in an audience uh, for a mm-hmm. screening uh, anywhere in the country, which I think is just super cool. Um, so yeah, it's perfect. It's a great idea, and we're I, we've talked to a lot of other filmmakers that have had a lot of success with it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm thrilled to hear that. And I'm glad you're taking advantage of kind of these these innovative new uh, ways of going about distributing films. It's an open, it's wide open. VOD, yeah. PV, PPV, whatever it is. There's a number of ways. It's you know I'm I'm a theater guy. I like to go out, sit in the 
sit in the darkened mm-hmm. room with a bunch of other people <laughs> with my bag of popcorn. I really enjoy that experience. <laughs> so, but I understand why, you know, it's not going to be viable for everyone to go see, especially films that don't get the kind of studio backing, you know, and all the rest of it, all the sort of uh, marketing that goes along with the bigger budgeted films, to see these amazing, and that's the great thing about the, the being able to do film school is to see these amazing films that just unfortunately don't get the kind of financial push that they deserve. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit um, about the, uh, your, your, uh, the world of the film circuit the film festival circuit and how that yeah. experience was for you and for Jason making the Well, learn. you know, right away it was one of those things where we spent it into Sundance and held our breath and then cried. Okay. <laughs> we didn't, you know, yeah. which, which I think is like classic for every filmmaker out of film school and did. But the thing that I do want to say is like, it, obviously it's all worked out. So we didn't get into really, any big festival right away. We just kept getting rejected. And then True False, which yeah. um, is, have you heard about that? Yes, festival? yes, I do know about True False, yes. Oh, it's great. Anyways, it's just one of the best places in the world, I think. Um, and True False was really wonderful, and they were like, please let it let us, you know, premiere it here. And, you know, it was fantastic. It was like we had the best audience possible. And from playing this smaller festival that was so supportive, like we got reviews and like variety in places we would were just like kind of blown away by. And from there, um, the film went on to play at Hot Docs mm. and in Toronto where Charlotte Cook was the programmer there. And she, each programmer, I believe, like has been just, so helpful, um, especially with us, like, this is being our first time doing all of this and uh, kind of being able to have people that know all this stuff um, really well. And True False, I should say, has a SWAMI program. So if you're a first-time filmmaker and your feature gets in there, you might be in the SWAMI program, which basically they set you up with all of these different mentors and people to talk to you about how you're going to go from here and what you're going to do. And from there, we met one of the, um, uh, Simon Kilmurray of POV, and, like, you know, eventually now, like, we did end up selling it to PBS. So, yeah, anyway, so oh, this fantastic. is, like, an amazing thing. Well, um, well, this is good. This is great to hear, uh, truly, because, uh, again, I mean, we we are fortunate enough to get uh, a number of filmmakers who will tune in to film school and, you know, just... And mm-hmm. it's it's this is the kind of information that can be very helpful, and just in terms of uh, the difficulties involved in in um, in doing yeah. what you did. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's really it's you know it's really disheartening when you think that like no like oh well this is going to sit in a hole somewhere. Um, but it's yeah it's it, it's been great. It's like uh, we 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 just kept playing a couple other like San Francisco International and we played AFI and yeah. fortunately there we won the audience award. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and mostly, I think, because the kids were there and were hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, Is that right? Uh, oh, they were. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Uh, well, they're funny. They are funny. Um, but They are very droll. I mean, I thought Kevin and, yes. and Garrison played off each other really well. And I thought they had a very, just a obviously a very familiar sensibility about them with each other. And uh, just played yeah. off each other. It was great at AFI. One of the questions was, you know, what are you doing next? 
when you're alive, which, of course, me and Jason answered in a very professional way. And then it got to Kevin, who was like, I really love Chili, so I'm really hoping to get this job at Tommy Burger. <laughs> and everyone was just like, it's so great, because they're just so honest. It's just, like, amazing. Well, um, okay, but, so, yeah. so so that went well. And, again, you had some help along the way in terms of... So True-False really sort of was the, the trigger for you yes. and for the film to get into mm-hmm. the next level. Well, that's oh, good. Yeah. That's good to know. And and I and thank you for reminding me about Tug. I I will uh, I will be pursuing that because I I think that's just a wonderful uh, avenue for for filmmakers. I, I want to. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. That's uh, all right. <laughs> uh, I I wanted to let people know that in terms of the uh, it, Spirit Awards, what's referred to as uh, the it, Film Independent Spirit Awards technically Mm -hmm. you and uh two other films the waiting room and leviathan were given the stella ardio how do you say that it's the beer yeah the beer truer than fiction (laughs) award uh Uh which uh, which was great uh so you were and by the way you're in great company i think uh the waiting room is one of my favorite documentaries of the year as well it's uh just yeah so um, so okay, well, well, good. Now, just to kind of just, we wind down here a little bit. What what's going on with you? And are you working with Jason on another project? Or are you on your own? Or what's going on with you as a filmmaker? Yeah, no, um, actually, um, I mean, since the film has done so well, uh, Jason and I both uh, have representation now, which is great. And uh, we're we're actually working separately right now because I believe he's going to be uh, shooting a lot because obviously it was shot so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be busy uh, DPing some uh, a feature to in the future. Um, but for me, I'm actually writing something at the moment, so I'm trying my hand at narrative, and then I'm also I kind of. Uh, I'm keeping my eye out for a documentary subject at this point in time, but, um, you know, now that I know how long that I want to invest in these projects, it's, it's really changed the way I, yeah, I really want to take my time and find just the right, you know, next documentary subject. So, um, okay. but yeah, it's been, it's been really great in terms of support because now it's really like we, you know, have something we can, you know, back up our work with and whatnot. So, yeah, and and by the way, I do want to also mention the Oscilloscope. Uh, they are just—they're a great distribution outfit. Um, uh, I, I've, yeah, uh, they really—I I, can—it's uh, a pretty dependable um, for me as someone who's looking at booking filmmakers on the show. If Oscilloscope is distributing it, I, I feel pretty confident that it's a film mm-hmm. that I'm going to really like and. Uh, so let's let's give a shout out, as they say, to to the yeah. people at Oscilloscope as well. Have have they been pretty good for you? To, uh, oh, they've been amazing. I mean, yeah. it's really been something where we we just couldn't be happier with this, you know. And and in terms of being with a, in good company, like you're saying, it's like man, like those films. We looked at the roster right after they said that they were interested, and we we're like, yes, like please, like this would be wonderful. Um, and they've really set things up for us nicely. Yeah. They've dealt with us being first-time filmmakers really nicely. Oh, We've only gotten one email that's like, you guys need to get your shit together, <laughs> you know. No, but really, they've been 
like fantastic. Oh, well, that's so. great. Well, and and I am uh, I can't tell you really. This is uh, how much I enjoyed the film. I really enjoyed just the watching it. And as I said at the outset of this interview, the the pacing of it is beautiful. It mm-hmm. it feels. It feels such like I think that's so impressive. It's a natural, a very natural feel to this film and to the subjects and to their circumstances. Nothing feels forced about this film. Mm. Uh, I, I feel I feel like I know these kids by the time the film is over as as well as I you know I can. And of course of of their life and their circumstances. It's just a I'm congratulations to both you and Jason on this film and. And it definitely deserves the attention and the and the recognition that it's been receiving. So, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, all the best. All the best to to you on your next project. Uh, hopefully, uh, you can carve out a couple minutes when when the when it comes out when it's uh, when it's ready for release. I'd love to have you oh, back absolutely. on. Absolutely. Uh, the again, the, the, we've been speaking with Elizabeth Mims uh, along with Jason Tibbet, the uh, co-directors of Only the Young. Um, However you can see it, you should see it. Uh, it's a uh, it's uh, seventy minutes, well worth your time uh, uh, to see. And uh, I'm thank you so much for being here on Film School, Elizabeth. Thank you. All right, take care. All right, you too. Bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.